we're going we're gonna to finish that this, this morning. The Lord gave me something a while ago. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do in, in this is sh show you the difference between the heart and the mind. They're not the same. They're both in different places. And we want you to uh, recognize where you're believing from. I'm going to read something uh, at the end, end of the service. I, I believe it will really help you. It's something that Kenneth Hagin uh, put in one of his devotionals. And I had heard him say this. Uh, let me not get into that right now. Um, <clears throat> you know, in Western cultures, there, there are many things that we've been taught that um, certain things are just superstitions. And other things are just for weak-minded people. People that are emotional. And, and you, don't, you don't want to go there. Stay away from that. Because that's, that's just for people that are, you know. And, uh, and in so doing, we've been cheated out, a lot, out of a lot of things that were intended to help us. Uh, you know, the, the angels. God has put the angels here in the earth. I heard somebody say something the other day. Well, you know, the angels, they're, they're coming from heaven. They're going back and they're, you know, they're, they're, angels are in heaven. And I thought, you know, the Bible just clearly says there's angels. We have our, our, our angels here. They were assigned to you at birth. I think they were assigned to you at conception. And uh, we, we've been told, you know, that's just superstition. And uh, they, they say the same thing about demons. And they weren't sent here to help us. They're, they're assigned to do harm. But, you know, there's, there's things like uh, praise. Go through the scriptures and look, look at what the Bible says about praise. It is a weapon for the child of God. But, you know, you want to stay away from that. Those, are, those people are just emotional. You know, they're not real. They're, they're weak-minded. Speaking in tongues, that's, that's not for today, you know. And, and all of those things and so many more have been, we've been told that's not, you, you want to stay away from that. Well, I tell you, when I got filled with the Spirit, my life changed. It has changed more than I could have ever hoped. And I'm certainly not willing to go back. <clears throat> anyway, I, I say that for this, for this reason. Spiritual things are just as uh, real as material things. 
Now, th- just, just write that down and think about it. Spiritual things are just as real as this is. Just because you can't see them, it doesn't mean anything. Just it, God, God is just as real as if he had a physical body, which he doesn't. He's, he's a spirit, but he's just as real. You know, it's amazing to me how that more and more uh, scientists and professional people that, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, there were some, uh, some, I don't know what you would call them. They are mathematicians on a professional basis, professional level. And this one Russian, uh, uh, how he did it, I have no clue. But in his mathematical juggling numbers, came to the realization that God is real. How do you do that? I don't know. I do good putting one and one together, you know. But he's, he's dealing with numbers on a level that... But he, he, was, he was talking to uh, some other people at his level in the United States, and they were coming up with the same thing. People that at once said, yeah, but now they're saying, there is a God. And other people in the scientific community are turning to the Lord. Uh, I, I don't know if Tim Kilstrom has ever talked about it, but he and Mark Brzee, and uh, there was one other person, I think, that went to... Turkey, and they had they were having a, a meeting. It really wasn't a meeting for new believers. It was a meeting for Christians that didn't have a foundation. They had gotten saved, and so there were people coming from uh, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, some of those countries. They showed up in Turkey for these meetings. Now, we're we're talking about spiritual things are just as real as natural. They were having angels show up. Jesus showed up, and they were getting saved. You know, nobody can go into those countries with the gospel. Here recently I read that a whole family had the same um, um, dream during the night. They were Muslims. And it was about Jesus. And they all woke up, I guess, told each other about this, this dream they had had and gave their lives to the Lord.
You know, and the Lord's, Lord showed up in a spirit, spirit form. So, you know, don't let people cheat you out of the supernatural. <clears throat> as, as we study the Bible, we find the Word. Okay? The Word. We, we find that, that w the Word was at creation and He was a spirit. John chapter 1. Starting in verse 1, <clears throat> in the beginning was the Word. And we're not talking about this. That's not what we're talking about. In the beginning, that was before the Bible showed up, was the Word, and the Word was with God. Okay? And the Word was God. He Notice, he, with that's, you know, if you, if you are grammatically inclined, that is pointing back to the subject, the word. Okay? He, the word, was in the beginning with God. All things that were made through him, the word, was, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Light meaning uh, development. Progression. Uh, turn over to, to 1 John. I didn't give you that number, but that you don't need to turn there. 1 John 1. The Apostle John is writing to believers, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our, own, with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto, unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So he's talking about the Word. And the, Jesus is referred to as the Word. Okay? You all with me? Okay. We see here that Jesus, Jesus now has a physical body. Right? A flesh, flesh and bone body, not a flesh and blood. <coughs> you know, we, we kind of look at that like, what? You got to have blood. After his resurrection, he appeared to the disciples and, and they thought he, they were seeing a spirit. And Jesus said to them, handle me for a spirit hath not flesh and bone. Well, what do you mean? What, what happened here? Where's the blood? The blood was taken after Christ was crucified. The blood of Jesus was taken to heaven and sprinkled on the mercy seat for our, for our sake. That blood covers our sins. 
covered all of our mistakes before we were born again. It, 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 it is there as a representative of what has been paid for. You know, my wife, she comes to me and she says, here's, here's your uh, receipt. I said, what is this? She says, this is something that I just purchased. It's hers. It, she's got the receipt. She can take it back and get her money back. She's got this receipt. I paid for this. This is mine. Ladies, the blood that's on the mercy seat in heaven the Father and the Son say, this is what I paid for. Your redemption. Your deliverance. Your healing. Your provision. And whenever the devil says, no, you can't have that, say, let's go look at the blood. <clears throat> you know... Um, Notice, we, we don't say God is, is spirit. But rather we say God is a spirit. You say, well, what's the difference? Some people think that, that God, God uh, is spirit means some kind of an impersonal influence that's floating around. You with me? TV has, has shown us, uh, I don't know, you pick, pick, pick one, what is, Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, those, those demons that would show up, the ghosts. That would, it's just kind of a, a nebulous influence that's there to cause mischief. I mean, that's what TV shows us. But... Even though we say God is, God is a spirit, that doesn't mean he, he doesn't have a shape or a form in the spirit realm. You know, there's not, just, there's, there's not this vapor of something that's sitting on a throne in heaven. That doesn't mean that, that he doesn't have a, a shape or a form in the spirit realm because he does. Uh, you know, they're angels, they're spirits, but yet they have a form. You know, and, and there's times that uh, as God wills, you know, like I, I love listening to Dr. Jacobs and, and his experiences. I like that because it stirs me. You know, if he can, if this can happen to him, hey, I'm standing in line. I want mine. I want, a sh I want a shot at this. Angels are spirits, and yet they have a form, or let's say it this way, a spiritual body. I was listening to somebody, and, and they were saying that uh, angels in the scriptures have taken on forms other than Human, you know, like when uh, uh, Elijah was taken up by, by a, uh, 
this chariot that comes down and picks him up. It was a flaming chariot. He steps on it and pew. And they were saying, you know, God, God can have angels take on other forms, other shapes to carry out what, what he needs. Uh, and they, they talked about a couple of scriptures and I thought, never heard of that one. You know, just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's possible, not possible. You know, God's God and he can do it if he wants to. Second, Second Kings chapter 6, uh, on, on one occasion, the Israelites were su surrounded by the Syrian army. And uh, the servant of the prophet got up that morning, and what, what started this was uh, the, the king of Syria would send out a certain amount of troops, and they were they were going to uh, attack the king of Israel. And the prophet would tell him, "Their their king of Syria is sending men to this place. Don't go that way." And they would send out a spy, and he would go check. And sure enough, and the 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 king was having a staff meeting. King of Syria was having a staff meeting, and he, wants, he said, I want to know which one of you guys is a, is a traitor. You're going and telling on us what we're going to do. And some bright boy stands up and says, no, king, there's a prophet in Israel that tells the king of Israel what you say in your bedroom. In other words, in the most private, private things, he hears what you say, and he tells on you. And so this Einstein says, okay, where is he? I'm going to, go, I'm going to send out my army to catch this guy, and we're going to kill him so he'll stop. You know, not real smart. So he sends out the, the, the army, and they surround this, this town where, where the prophet is staying, the servant gets up in the morning to go out and have, it, have his coffee, and he's, he steps out, and he... he, he he's, he's looking around, and there are, there are Syrian troops that have surrounded the whole town. And he freaks. He runs inside, and he's telling the prophet uh, what, what they're, what, what's going on. And the, uh, he, he was just, I mean, he was full of fear, seeing all these horses and chariots. And Elijah said to him, in verse 16 and 17, Fear not, for they that, are with, they that be with us are more than they that are with them. Notice, the, 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 the people that are with us, outnumber them. Now notice, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Well, why, what, do you, what do you mean, open my eyes? That's what caused the whole problem to begin with. I looked and I saw all of them. But he's talking on a level that's above this guy's thinking. 
And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. You know, sometimes as, as God wills, angels take on, like I said, different forms in, in the natural realm, in the material realm, where they can be seen. Now, the question was, were they there before the prophet said that? Or when he said it, they were there? We have no idea, but we assume they were there waiting on the prophet. Now, think about this. The prophet prays, and he says, blind all these Syrians. They, they took them captive. I don't know if they saw what the servant saw, or just the blinding them was enough. But they took them all a captive, and, and they, they brought them to the king. And the king says, shall I kill them all? He says, no, feed them. Fed them and turned them loose. You know, when somebody can blind you for a period of time, and you're captive in the next moment, you know, if you've got any sense, no matter what the king says, you just say, have a good day, I'm out of here. You know, you don't mess with them. And, and they did not come back and, and bother the Israelites for a long time. Exodus 33 we read that uh, God talked to Moses, and in verse 11 it's, it says that he talked to him face to face. Face to face. Uh, I'm not sure, I, I, need, didn't need, I needed to check this, whether it was verse 32, chapter 32, but in there, <clears throat> um, Aaron and Miriam got to complaining about the wife that Moses had married. His first wife had died. Now he's gotten another wife, and she was an Ethiopian. And they were griping. I don't know if this was a racial thing or they just didn't like her, what it was. But they're griping about her, about him, because of who he married. And God heard the conversation, and he says, you and you and you, Moses, come with me. Oh, dear God, when he, when he said that, I would have just fell down on my face right on the spot and say, oh, I've, I've sinned, forgive me, forgive me for complaining against Moses, against your authority. And so God takes him to the, to the tabernacle, and he's standing in the doorway, and this cloud comes down and envelops all three of them together. 
and God, God is giving Miriam and Aaron a good dress down. And he says, you know, if anybody here were to, to be said that I speak to them face to face, I don't even do that with the prophets. I speak to them in, in psalms and things like that. But this guy, I talk to him face to face, and you're not afraid to complain against him? So anyway, when the cloud comes up, Miriam is standing there, and she is white with leprosy. And that's a death sentence. Because eventually, you know, it eats away the soft tissues you know, around the fingers, the nose, the ears, things like that. And then it finally starts working on the, the body. And Moses was such a good guy, he fell down and said, Lord, forgive her. Heal her. So she had to be outside of the camp for a week, I think it was. Anyway, but it says face to face. Although, you know, when, when, when Moses talked to God face to face, he didn't see his face because of the cloud that was always there. In verse 20, it says, But he said, <clears throat> You cannot, uh, he said, Show me your glory. And God says, Okay, here's what I'm going to do. He says, You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. Now, wait, just to maybe back up here. <clears throat> um, people say, well, how is it that Miriam got leprosy, but Aram, Aaron got away? He got away clean. Aaron was the high priest. He was anointed as high priest. He was clothed with the, uh, the garments of his profession, the high priest. And it's not that he got away it was a temporary thing. Later on, he was taken up, up on the mountain. They took his clothes off of him, and he dropped dead. Punishment finally fell. But as he was in his garments, it wouldn't happen. And it, the, the, the garments were turned and handed to one of the sons to take his place. So he didn't get off Scott clean. It's clean Scott. Scott clean? Yeah, really. Anyway, he didn't get away. So, here in uh, verse 20, he says, you, can't, you cannot see my face and live. Okay? Then you drop down to verse uh, 23. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by, now see, this, is, this was the thing that every time Moses would have a meeting with God, he would come down and spend time with God, or God would come down and spend time with him. There would always be that cloud. And uh, I, I like what something Brother Copeland said. He, this cloud, he says, show me your glory. And he says, okay, <clears throat> it'll come to pass that while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, 
and will cover thee with my, what? Hand. hand, while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face you sh shall not be seen. Now, even though God is a spirit, we know that, that he has a face, he has hands, he has, he has a neck, back, shoulders, arms, posterior. He says, you'll see my back, backside, but you won't see my face. I had a professor, bless his darling heart and stupid head. We were talking about this one day, and, and he said uh, he had gone over among the Presbyterians to get his doctorate, and they filled him with a bunch of unbelief, which, anyway, let me change the subject. Um, he was saying, well, that doesn't mean that he has actual hands and legs and the you know, when you read the Bible and it says something, that's what it means. Yes. I don't care what a denomination says. What does the Bible say? And he was trying to say that, you know, God doesn't have, that's just something that, that uh, it, it, was, it was written that way because of our thinking. And, you know, God is, is just a spirit. And his concept of spirit was just a Casper, you know, Uh, anyway, so what I'm trying to get you to see is that spiritual things are just as real as material. I may not be able to come and, and touch or, or uh, if you will, manipulate, handle, that's a better word, but they're, they're just as real. Um, sometimes we, we are not um, conscious of the word the way we should be. This room right now is filled with angels. I mean, you know, you may not be bumping into them, you know, but... When, when I come in here, my angels come with me. They don't stay in the car. They're here. My wife's angels show up. One time we were having services in here, and Janet was on the piano, and I think this row was up a little bit. <coughs> and um, I don't remember if I was standing over here or right here. But the, the worship that day was just intense. Oh, my goodness. The presence of God was so consciously present. And I was standing here, and, and Lydia looked over at me. She's trying to turn the service over. You know, come up here and get this. And I go, you know, come on. Keep on going. And no, no, wait. Uh, she turned and looked at me. And I tried to move, and I could not move. It was like there was something here, and I was bumping into it, and I couldn't. Yeah. 
I could not move. And after the service, there was a man sitting over, over about where Travis is. And he came up and said, uh, when, when that was happening, he said, there were angels here. And they were all, they were all around here. And they had um, armor. Like they had just come from a battle. And they were standing over there. And that's what I was bumping into. That's as close as I've come to seeing an angel. So, uh, they are real. Second uh, Corinthians 5, in verse 1, we'll start at verse 1 and go down to verse 6 through 8. For I know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, Eternal in the heavens. Verse 6. So we, so we always, uh, so we are, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, notice, his, notice the way he words this, that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, did you get that, the way he worded that? While our body is put in the grave, he says we still have a building with God, not made with hands. And we shall live eternally in the heavens. Now, he says here, we are going to be absent from the body. Who is going to be absent from the body? Who? We, we are the real, the real you, the real man. Now, remember what I said at the very beginning. I'm, I'm trying to get you to see and become conscious of the fact that we are a spirit. Now, we're, we're talking about believing with the heart. What does it mean to believe with the heart? Okay, in First um, Peter four, uh, three four, our spirit is called the hidden man of the heart. Notice, notice, we see here the word heart again. The hidden man of the heart. The inner man, our spirit, is called the hidden man. He had, it, the hidden man has several titles. He is, he is the man of the heart, uh, of, of the spirit. He's, a, he's a, a hidden to the physical or to the, to the natural senses. In Romans 7.22, <clears throat> the spirit is called the inward man. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. For I delight in the law of God after the, hidden, the inward man. So we see inward man, hidden man, and he, God, it, God is God's definition is what he's giving us of the human spirit. The human spirit, the real, the real man is, is, is a spirit. He has a, he has a body and a soul. Do you see that? The hidden man has a body. I got up this morning and scrubbed from top to bottom the outward man. I got up and dressed, dressed up the house that my, my spirit is living in. With the spirit, he contacts the spirit realm, the spiritual realm. With the soul, he contacts the intellectual realm. And with the body, we contact the physical realm. The real man is a spirit. He has a body and a soul. The spirit, with the spirit, he contacts the spiritual realm. With the soul, he contacts the intellectual realm. And with the body, he contacts the physical realm. Uh, when first year of college, I was in the dorm, and uh, I had a had a roommate that I had been had been in Spain the same time I was, and he got out and went. He was going to school, and uh, first day I saw him, I said, "I know you," and I asked him, "Were you in Zaragoza?" He goes, "Yeah." He says, "I remember you." We went, went through the barracks witnessing, and he was in a room that had the stereo cranked up to number 10, I think. The door was rattling when we, when we went through the door. And uh, anyway, so he was there, and uh, one day, Joel, Joel and Terry, we were all three in a room, and Joel was telling us about an experience he had. He was, he was fooling with some occult stuff. You ever heard of astral projection? He was fooling with that. And he said he would, he would come out of his body and his spirit would travel. And, you know, he could see things. And he said he would do that. And each time he'd go a little further. And he said he did it one time and it, it, he got terrified he he wasn't he wanted to get back into his body but he was having a hard time 
Now, you, you start messing with this stuff, and it can kill you. Because if he couldn't get back into his body, he was a dead man. And he said that scared him so bad, he never went back full with that. So the spirit is real. The spirit that's in you is real. When you die, that's going to leave, leave the house that you're living in, and it's going to one or two places. You have to make prearranged reservations before you leave to, to guarantee your, your eternal destiny. In other words, let me just put it blunt. You got to get saved before you take your last breath or you'll go to hell. I mean, I can't make it any plainer than that. Anyway, so that gives you a picture right there. If you, you start studying that, that picture of the threefold man, it'll make it easier for you to believe with your heart. When we hear, hear the Word of God preached, we hear it with our natural mind, the, the soul, the mind, the will, emotions. We, we see over in uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. One translation says it like this, the natural man or the natural mind understands not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He has no comprehension. He has no ability to grasp that yet. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And if he is not born again, he cannot discern those things. It takes the life of God in you. We don't, we don't understand the Bible with our mind. It's, it's spiritually understood. We understand, we understand it with our spirit or our heart. Have you ever read something? You've, you've gone through and you've been reading uh, Mark and you've read it who knows how many times. And you come back one day and you read one particular scripture and it just jumps off the page at you. And you go, I never saw that before. Well, that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He quickens things and we see it and we understand what God is trying to show us because we, we, we have seen it spiritually. You follow what I'm saying? It, it, is, it is at that moment you understand it with your heart. Therefore, to believe with the heart means to believe with the Spirit. Now, how does our spirit get faith that our intellect can't obtain? Let me say that again. How does our spirit get faith that our intellect cannot obtain? Through the Word of God. When Jesus, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by 
Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mark 4.4, 4, Matthew 4.4. 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus is speaking about spiritual food. He's using a natural term to convey a spiritual thought. In, you see, you see uh, daily devotionals entitled Faith Food, for, Faith Food Devotionals. Faith Food for Healing. From, from Faith to Faith. And they all, they all uh, seem to project, to me anyway, project the, the idea of going up. Yeah. I'm, I'm going from one place and I'm increasing in faith. One, I'm going from one place and I'm getting insight into healing. I'm growing in. Going from faith to faith. Faith doesn't ever go backwards. Unbelief does that. Hello? The Word of God is food that makes your spirit strong. So, to believe with a heart means to believe apart from our physical body. Or let me say it this way. To believe with the heart means to believe apart from what our physical body tells us or what our physical senses may say. Let that soak in. This is because the physical man believes with the senses. We have five senses. And our five senses will tell us all kinds of things. You better pay attention to them. In some ways, you better pay attention. But, but our heart, our spirit man, believes the word regardless of what our senses say. Proverbs 3, starting in verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, you know, most people, starting in verse 5, they, they practice this. They practice this scripture, but they do it in reverse. They trust in their understanding, their mind, their thinking, and they lean not to their own heart. James 1.19 tells us, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. This is, this is a New Testament version of a scripture that people uh, 
practice in reverse. They in, we're, we're swift to speak. Notice I'm not going to look at anybody. I'm just going to keep looking at my notes. We're swift to speak, swift to wrath, and slow to hear. Make a determination right now. In your own heart, make this determination. I'm going to be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath. You know, if, if you are quick to hear, that puts something in the way that will keep you from speaking too quickly. Or it'll keep you from getting angry too quick. A, these, these are safeguards. Make the determination. I'm not going to be so quick to run my mouth and get myself in trouble. You know, you may be wrong. <gasps> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but you may be wrong. And after you settle down, you might see, you know, I'm glad I didn't say anything because I would have made a fool of myself. <laughs> let's, let's, let's jump ahead here. We're going we're gonna to close here in just a moment. You know, you don't ever know how long a moment is, so just... So let's jump ahead here. If we want to walk in faith, and that's part of what we're studying here, we want to walk in faith. And to walk in faith, the word must be uppermost in everything. Are you here? Yes. Write that one down. If you want to walk in faith, the Word must be first place. It has to be uppermost. As we trust in God with all our heart, there's a, a quietness and a peace that comes to our spirit. When we, uh, we hadn't, I don't know how long we had been here, but uh, Lydia got pregnant and we lived over here on Tanglewood. 119 Tanglewood. End apartment, closest to the corner. And Lydia got pregnant. Not there? Yeah. In Plains. You got pregnant with Jonathan. Tanglewood. No, that's right. Tanglewood. Plains is further down. That's right. Um, anyway. Hmm? I was wrong. That's why I have, I have the Holy Ghost sitting here. To keep, to keep me 
to keep me correct. Anyway, we were on planes, and uh, she got pregnant, and went, uh, we moved. Uh, you know, we, we were trying to find a house to move into. Oh, dear God, we were, I was so fed up with that, looking for a house. And we had looked and looked and looked and looked, and we came back one day, and uh, the kitchen was as you came through the door, it was to the left. And on the other side of the kitchen was the dining room. And there was a little, little place there, there was a chair. And Lydia came in and she started fixing the meal. And I sat down there and I was just, I was praying and said, Lord, we, I need a place for my family to go, I need more room. And I'm just sitting there, and I got quiet. And, and I got, the Holy Ghost gave this to me, what to do, the next step. And I think we had looked at every house in town that was in our range. And, uh, but he gave me what to do. And I think it was the next day we, found, we went and found this house. It was over on... Uh, Barbara Lane, this ditch down here, it was on the other side of that ditch, second house on the left. And we stayed there till Joanna came along. And, um, you know, to follow the Holy Spirit is so beneficial. We, we moved into that place. It was a house that Johnny Maupin He's an accountant, or was, I don't know if he still is. Uh, he had bought these for investments, and he had a whole bunch of them. And uh, we moved into there, and it was, it was a very nice place. Um, you know, he came around, he started coming around after we had been there for a while, and he said, you know, uh, I really need to, to raise the rent would that be all right? He's the landlord, and he's asking me, can I raise the rent? And I thought, you know, he's asking me, so I might as well be honest. I said, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He came back a couple more times, and he, we, did, we played this game again. And I said, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't. He didn't. He came back again, and, you know, I thought, you know, I, I've, I've told him this three times, and it, it's, it's really, we had, we had begun to increase, and, uh, I, you know, he came back, told me the same song, and I said, well, I, I appreciate you not raising it before, but I understand, you, you need to, so go ahead. And, you know, and... Uh, we started looking for a, for a house to buy. And uh, the Lord opened the door and we, we moved in over here on Tanglewood. Yeah. 113. But the Holy Spirit, you know, he, he dropped this down in my heart. Go talk to, talk to these people. And I did. And it just... Listen. Be quiet. Just... 
So, Hebrews uh, 4.3 says, For we which have believed, believed to enter, enter into rest. Philippians 4.7 And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. You know, the word, word of God tells us that my God supplies all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We know in our spirit that everything we have need of, he, He's going to provide. And you know, we don't, we don't worry. We don't, we're not anxious. If, if you are worrying, if we're worrying, we're not believing. Now you tell me. No, you don't tell me. You tell yourself. Are you worrying? Are you worrying about something? If you are, it's because you're not believing. I mean, that's what he says here. That, that they that believe do enter into rest. But if you're worrying, you're not at rest. So if you're, not, if you're worrying, then you need to get some word so that you can enter into rest. Okay? Our hearts take, take courage as we read the word. As we meditate in His Word, our assurance becomes deeper. This, this, this assurance in our, in our spirit is independent of our human reasoning or human knowledge. You know, it may contradict human reason or physical evidence, but stick with the Word. Let me read this to you. This is, um, let's see, what is it? Faith Food by Kenneth Hagin. He uses the, he starts out with the, with the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. Your understanding <clears throat> is simply your own mental processes. Your, your own human thinking. In other words, we could, we could read this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own head. Faith will work in your... Now listen real closely to this. Faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. You know, for a long time, I, I, I knew what he said, but I didn't know what he said. And I'd, I'd try to figure out. What, it, was, it was, I was doing everything from my head, not my heart. I wasn't separating them. Faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. Many Christians are defeated because <clears throat> when a doubt enters their mind, they say, I'm doubting. Jesus didn't say, and shall not doubt in his head. Jesus said, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. 
It's heart faith that gets the job done, not head faith. Some of the, now listen to this. I want you to catch this one. <clears throat> because I heard him talk about when he was a pastor, they would, they would have church growth. They would have all kinds of stuff happening in the church. But he said, we struggled. Every church we went to, every church we pastored, it was a struggle to meet to meet our needs. Everyone. And so the Lord called him to go out on the, on the road to be an itinerant teacher. And he had, <clears throat> he had been out on the road for a year. When he was, when he was uh, pastoring, people in the church would, would uh, bring food over. They would, you know, have vegetables during the summer. Or they would bring, bring him over a pie or, you know, all kinds of stuff. He said people in the, in the church would once, when he was getting ready to go to a, con, con, uh, a conference, the denominational convention, there would be people in the church that would buy him a suit. They would buy her a dress so that they would look good when they went. And he said after a year of being out on the road, <clears throat> The car was completely shot. He had wore it out. And, he, and he, he went to the Lord and he says, Lord, when I was pastoring, this is what happened. Now that I'm in your will and I'm traveling, this is what, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm behind $1,000. And he says, yeah, back then that was a lot of money. <clears throat> and he said, he started seeking the Lord about uh, how to prosper. And the Lord showed him. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he says here, some of the greatest miracles that have ever happened in my life came when I began to make such faith statements as I believe in my heart that I receive my healing. Even though my head was saying, it's not so, it's not so. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I was healed of two serious organic heart problems and an incurable blood disease in, in almost total paralysis of body. Do you, <clears throat> do you ever have trouble in your head? Then just trust the Lord with all your heart, not your head. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your understanding. Lean on the Word. You put the Word in your heart. It doesn't, it doesn't just go here. But here's where you want it to grow. See, when you begin to, to, to believe for something, and there are thoughts coming to your head. Coming here. They're bombarding you here like a machine gun. It's attacking you here. But you started out down here believing. Don't yield to this. Stick with this. Don't yield to your thoughts. Say, no, I'm, 
I've got it here. I'm believing here. I'm trusting the Lord here in my spirit. This is what it means to believe God with the heart. You're believing here. God has come and taken residence here when you were born again. Not here. The Bible tells us to do something with this. To renew our mind with His Word. Now, if you stick with that, you'll begin to see the miraculous. Amen? Amen. Who's ready to go eat? Let's all stand. Before we dismiss, I want to just bow your heads with me for a minute. I want to, I want to uh, take a moment to extend an, off, uh, uh, an opportunity to you. It says in Romans 10, but if that but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, believes unto or, or resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I don't want to close the service without extending this invitation to you. If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you say, what do you mean by that? If you've never come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I, I need help. I need you to be the Lord of my life. I come to you and I, I ask you to come into my life and make me yours. If you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to settle this in your own heart so that you can leave here this morning knowing where you'll spend eternity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I, I, wanna, I want to have someone pray with you. It's not difficult to get saved. And right now there's a pulling on the inside of you. You know this is something you've never done and you, you need to. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, slip up your hand, I wanna pray with you. talk to people, they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just not ready. Well, ready can come real quick.
It's like those people that were shot last night in a restaurant. They weren't expecting to go in there and get shot. They were just going there to get something to eat. And there are people that are just, you just don't want to mess with them. Is there anyone you slip up your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't want to see anyone go away from here and not know for sure where they'll spend eternity. We can, we can fix that this morning. Is there anyone? And you know the thing is, we don't even charge for it. It's free. Last chance. Anybody? Father, we thank you for your word. For those people that have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, Father, I pray that the hounds of hell will not, will not stop bringing this word back to their minds that they need Jesus that they will be hounded until they say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I, I, I see, I need this. Father, I thank you. They've heard the word, and that word will not return to you void, but it will perform what it's sent to do. And we thank you for it now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn and greet someone around you and we will meet you over in the other building.